You are listening to the Impact Church Podcast. To learn more about Impact Church, visit us online at impactharlem.org. You can also check us out on social media. Well, it's great to be here with you guys. I'm just, I get so excited to worship with our family uh, here at Impact every Sunday. Uh, and I'm just, I'm thankful for all of you, grateful for all of you. Uh, we've been going through the book of Ephesians together, and the series is entitled Masterpiece in Progress. And we've seen how God continuously works in our lives to make our hearts more aligned with his heart. And man, today is one of those challenging passages in scripture that a lot of pastors, I think, shy away from, but it's important for us because as we've seen in this series, everything that Paul writes in the book of Ephesians is to bring unity back to himself. So even in this context, we're going to talk about marriage today, and even in this context, the the point of what Paul is writing is to bring honor and glory to God. So what I want to do is I want to jump into the passage And then I want to kind of give some clarifying statements so I don't get anything thrown at me while I'm up here. And then we're just going to jump in and see how we can truly honor God with our relationships. So we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 5, and we're going to start in verse 22. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22 says, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. God, I just pray that you speak this morning, that you do work that only you can do, that you change lives. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so what I want us to understand, first and foremost, is that everything that Paul writes in this book, in this letter, is to help us understand how we can become more like Jesus. So we said this at the beginning of this series, that everything is focused on Christ. That Jesus is the focal point. That the cross is what it's all about. So as we see all these different things of how to live in unity and how we should behave as Christians and how our life should really line up with the will of God, it's all because of Him. So when we see these verses here where it says, wives, submit to your husband, that's a, that's a very, very bad verse to some people. Can I get an amen? Ashley already said amen. I saw her say it. But listen, this is what I want you to understand about this. So the, the first thing that we have to understand in this passage is there is the submissive wife. There is the submissive wife. However, I want you to understand what that means. Because to me personally, the church traditionally has gotten this wrong a lot of times. And I want to give you just some really quick things about this. So being the submissive wife does not mean that the wife is inferior to the husband. It does not mean that the wife has to be silent. 
What it means is submission. So there's a mission to this. And the mission is obeying and glorifying God. That's the mission. So this is, this is what the wife really says as, as the submissive wife. The wife says, I'm going to put myself under the mission. The mission is more important than my individual desires. I'm not putting myself under my husband. I'm putting myself under the mission God has for our marriage, for my life. This is a team. This is a mission from God. And the wife is submissive underneath God and his order. So let me give you three reasons for a wife's submission. Number one, we just hit on is obedience to Jesus. So we see in verse 22, it says, Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. So this as to the Lord phrase has been misinterpreted. So I want to give you two wrong interpretations of this. One favors the husband and one favors the wife. So the one that favors the husband would say that as to the Lord means as if the husband was God himself. And I don't know about you, but there may be times that I get a little prideful. Maybe I don't think I'm God himself, but maybe I think I'm a little more important than I really am. So this, this goes to the extent of the submission, that the wife has to submit to her husband like he's God. And that's just a wrong interpretation of this. And then another wrong interpretation which favors the wife says, as long as the husband does what God wants him to do, then I will submit to my husband. And this is uh, limitations to the submission because the husband will never do everything that God wants him to do. And that leaves it up to the wife then to determine, well, I don't think that what he just did lines up with what God wants him to do, so I'm not going to submit to him. And that's a wrong interpretation. Let me tell you what as to the Lord means. It means this. Wives, submit yourselves unto your husbands because it is part of your duty to the Lord. Because it is an expression of your submission to the Lord. Do it as part of your submission to Him. In other words, you are not doing it only for the husband. You are doing it primarily for the Lord Himself. Spurgeon said this, you are doing it for Christ's sake. You are doing it because you know that he exhorts you to do it. Because it is well pleasing in his sight that you should be doing it. It is part of your Christian behavior. It is part of your discipleship. It is part of your discipleship. It's obedience to God. And I, as husbands, maybe you're sitting there and you're like, man, this is awesome. This is going to be my favorite message that I've ever heard. An impact because, man, Pastor Dustin just said that my wife has to submit to me. Um, but let me just give you, let me give you a few more of these things. It says, this means that a woman should take, this is also Spurgeon. This means that a woman should take great care in how she chooses her husband. Instead of looking for an attractive man, instead of looking for a wealthy man, instead of looking for a romantic man, a woman should first look for a man she can respect. G. Campbell Morgan recalls the story of the older Christian woman who had never married, and she explained, I never met a man who could master me. And she had the right idea because as men, 
We're called, as we'll see here in a minute, to do extraordinary things for our wives. So the first reason of submission is because it's obedience to God. The second reason is it's just the order of creation. We see in 1 Corinthians 11 and 1 Timothy 3, they both speak about how Adam was created first. God created Eve as a helpmate for Adam. And this is just the order of things for God. It's just the order of creation. God gave Adam authority over all of creation before the fall. And Eve was included in that. And then the third reason that a wife submits to her husband is because it models the relationship between Jesus and the church. We see that Jesus is the head of the church. Christ is the head and we are the body. And in the same way, God places the husband as the head of the marriage, as the head of the household, the head of the family. And again, it doesn't mean that wives, that you are inferior to your husband. It doesn't mean that you should be kept silent. It doesn't mean that this isn't a team effort. It doesn't mean that you are... What it means is that there's a mission of God and the wife falls under that mission because of obedience to Him, because of the order of creation, and because it models the relationship between Jesus and the church. And Paul spends three verses on this. We just read those three verses. But then he spends the next six to eight verses talking to the husband. And I want this to be very clear this morning. So let's jump to verse 25. It says this, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. Verse 28, in the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. So there's the submissive wife, but then there's the loving husband. The loving husband. Verse 25 says, Husbands, love your wives. And I think it's very important for us to point out which Greek word for love was used here because we see primarily four Greek words used for love. We see philia, which is the love between friends. It's brotherly love. We see eros, which is the sense of being in love. It's a romantic, erotic type love. We see storge, which is the love of a family, like a parent, a child, or maybe a grandparent, uh, a cousin. It's just a family type of love. And then we see agape, which means unconditional love. And this is the word that's used here. The word agape says, husbands, you should agape your wife as Christ did the church. And this love is more about a choice and less about an emotion. So if you look at the other three, the, the filio and the eros and the storge, those are more about emotions and how you feel. 
And agape is actually making a sacrificial choice to love someone no matter what. And that's the type of love that Paul is talking about here. And I want to give you four qualities really quick of a husband's love. And number one is this, it's a sacrificial love. It's a sacrificial love. Man, how can we love our wives as husbands, as Christ loved the church, without sacrifice? Because that's exactly how he exemplified his love to the church. We see in Philippians 2, 5-8, through 8, it says this, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. This is the love of God that he sacrificed everything for the church. And husbands, if we are to love our wives in the same way that Christ loved the church, we must be able to sacrifice even to the point of death for her. It's a sacrificial love. It's not just a surface level, emotional, romantic type love. Yeah, that's involved. But it goes deeper than that. It's a choice that we make every single day to sacrifice for our wife. We must love sacrificially. The second quality of a husband's love is purifying love. We see in verse 26 that it says that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. Listen, we we are cleansed by Jesus as Christ followers. Man, we have a responsibility and an opportunity as husbands to to purify our wives, not for salvation, but we get to help lead her spiritually. We get to open up the word of God with her. We get to help her in her spiritual walk as she is also helping us in our. Man, it's a purifying love. It's the love that's lifting her up. It's the love that's encouraging her. It's the love that continuously checks on her heart to make sure that she's okay. To make sure that she is getting what she needs in life. Because that's the way that Christ loved the church. The third quality we see is that it's a caring love. It's a caring love. And you may be saying, man, that's an easy one. Obviously, I care about my wife. But let's think about actions for a minute. And do we really really live that way? Do we live it out? Do we show it? Is it evident that we care about her? Men, is it evident that you care about your wife more than you care about your own self? And that's what we're called to do as husbands. And yet we're called to be the leaders of the home. Yeah, Paul starts this 
passage off saying, hey, wives, submit to your husbands, but we have to look at the leadership of Jesus. So we have no, no problem with understanding the fact that Jesus is, is authority over us as Christians. We know that. We know he's the head of the church. We understand that he has authority over all things, and we're good with that. And we're good with that because of who he is, because of what he's done for us, because of the example that he has set. So husband, if you're sitting there and you're like, man, I don't think my wife's really that interested in submitting, then maybe you're not the leader that you should be in your home. So there's a sacrificial quality. There's a purifying quality. There's a caring quality. And then the fourth quality of the husband's love is an unbreakable love. Man, nothing can break this apart. Nothing can break the love of a husband away if he is loving and leading his wife the way that God has intended. And it's unbreakable. And there's going to be some arguments. And I tell you what, just some transparency for you, that Sunday mornings is probably the worst morning in my house because I just think the devil is just throwing everything at us. So if you want to see an argument between my wife and I, just come hang out with us on Sunday morning about 8 o'clock, 8.30, and you're going to see it. It's just going to happen. But you know what? I still love her. Man, I would still sacrifice for her. Man, I, I, I want to help her grow spiritually and to continue to chase Jesus as she's helping me do the same thing. And I care about her. And even after the arguments, the love is still unbreakable. And we live in a, in a time where it's just so easy for people to walk away from things. When things get hard, it's easy to walk away and say, I'm done. I'm going to find something a little easier. And a marriage isn't the easiest relationship to be in. Amen? Man, but it's so, it's so awesome because what it does is it symbolizes the relationship between Jesus and the church. So we see in this passage first the submissive wife who submits not because her husband's amazing and not because he's great, not because he always does the right thing. She submits because there's a mission of God and she submits herself under that mission in obedience to him. She submits herself to her husband because it's just the order of creation. It's the way that God designed it. And then she submits because it models the relationship between Christ and the church. And then we have the loving husband, the four qualities of this love, this sacrificial love, purifying love, caring love, and unbreakable love. Man, and then, then we see in verses 31, 32, it says, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. 
So the third thing we see here is the mysterious Savior. And what we see is as Paul says, hey, a man shall leave his mother and his father and he should be joined to his wife as one flesh. It's a profound mystery of how two become one. And then he says, but I'm not just talking about marriage. I'm talking about Christ and the church. Jesus wants more from you than just a superficial surface relationship. He wants you to be connected to him. He wants you to be one with him. He wants you to leave your mother and your father. He wants you to leave the things of the world and say, hey, I long for you. And I want a relationship with you. I no longer want to be out here on my own doing my own thing. I want to be unified with the Savior. And this is the mystery of God, how he can take dead people and bring them back to life. And as he does, he says, hey, leave this behind and come be unified with me. Jesus wants us to be one with him. And you may be thinking, why did Paul even write about this marriage stuff? Like, is it really that important? He's been saying some pretty cool stuff in Ephesians so far. And he's given us the foundation of what it looks like to be a Christ follower. He's taught us about the just immeasurable grace that God has. He's taught us that God's rich in mercy. He's taught us that he brings dead things back to life. He told us how we should live more like Jesus, how our characters change. What does marriage have to do with it? And here's the deal. As we close this morning, I want you to know something. That he cares about your relationships because it shows that you belong to him. He cares about your relationships because it shows the world who he is. Man, if the marriage relationship is the symbol, is the model of Jesus and the church, then what better way to show the world that Jesus is love than the way that we act and behave and live in our marriage. Man, people look at this. He cares about your relationship because it shows, first of all, that you're obedient and that you honor him. He cares about that. He cares about it because it shows that your relationship is modeling his relationship with the church. He cares about it because it shows other people that maybe don't have a relationship with him what it looks like to truly love the way that God intends for us to love. Man, and in a world where the divorce rate continues to climb, where people continue to run away from their relationships, where husbands continuously fail at being the leader that God has called them to be, where wives don't truly understand what it means to submit and just fall underneath that authority of the husband. Man, we get to be the example for the rest of the world. And if you're married and you're sitting in here this morning, then maybe you're just thinking about some things that happened yesterday. Or you're thinking about some things that happened this morning before church. Or you're thinking about some things that happened last week. And you're like, man, I'm just not sure if this is our relationship at all. Man, 
maybe you're not married this morning. You're like, man, this really doesn't apply to me. Like, I'm not married. But I want you to know that it's important to understand this before you get married. It's important to understand the kind of wife that God has called you to be, or the kind of husband that God has called you to be. It's important to understand that you need one that's chasing Jesus just like you are. Because it brings honor and glory to God. And we saw in week one of this series that our ultimate purpose as Christ followers is to bring Him praise and glory. And we get to do that in our relationships. We get to, we get to praise Him by the way that we treat our husbands, by the way that we treat our wives. And we get to show the world what it looks like to love the way that Jesus calls us to love. Man, and if you've been missing the mark, I want you to understand that it's not too late to start. It's not too late to be the wife that God's called you to be. It's not too late to be the husband that He's called you to be. And it's not too late if you just have a superficial relationship with Him or just some kind of head knowledge of Christ. It's not too late to make the decision to, to begin a relationship with Or to take the next step, to dive a little deeper, to get a little closer, to align your heart more with His. And this is a challenging passage for me because it shows me the type of husband that I'm supposed to be. The type of leader that God has called me to be for my wife. Man, and I have to think about it and I have to self-reflect and I have to, man, I have to admit a lot of times that I'm just not doing it right sometimes but that doesn't mean to stop and we get to keep going we get to keep trying let me tell you about submission so this relationship of a husband and a wife is it's a mutual submission it's mutual sacrifice it's mutual service it's mutual respect it's mutual honoring. It's mutual encouragement. It's mutual lifting each other up and pushing each other closer to Jesus. It's a team. And yes, God has an order. He's got a design and he's placed the husband as the head of the house, the head of the marriage relationship. And but with that comes great responsibility and great accountability. And he's placed the wife underneath that authority, but because it's a mission of God, not because the husband is some great God himself. And the cool part is that, man, this is the relationship that Jesus wants with us. And he wants us to submit to his authority. He wants us to be submissive to him. Man, we're His bride. And we get to be submissive to Him and live in His will and become more and more intimate with Him because He loves us sacrificially. He cares about us 
Man, he's purified us. And his love is unbreakable. And this morning, as we stand together, I just want to close just asking you guys just a question because I want to pray for you. If you're here this morning, and let me talk to the married just a second. If you're here this morning, you're married, husband or wife. If, if you don't believe that you're really living that marriage relationship the way that God has intended for us to live it. Why for you that would mean maybe you're not submissive because you just think maybe in some way that your husband just isn't good enough for you to submit to. Or maybe you're just really headstrong and that whole word submit just doesn't sit well with you. And you just never really took that step. And husband, for you, it looks like you're not being the leader that God's called you to lead. Maybe you're taking that whole authority thing and you're just dictating your relationship. Or maybe you're just not leading well at all. But for husband and wife this morning, if you find yourself in a place where you're just not quite living the way that God has intended for us to live in this marriage relationship. Would you just raise your hand? And nobody has to close their eyes, man. We're all family. So let's just pray for each other this morning. So if that's you and I'm raising my hand with you this morning. Thank you. God, pray. Thank you for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast. For this and other messages, visit us online at impactharlem.org. In the meantime, you can subscribe to this podcast, rate and review it on iTunes, and share it with your friends on social media. Once again, thanks for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast.